So if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Ecclesiastes because I need to do something to, to sort of catapult this uh, series off. Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. We don't have this uh, up on the, on the board for you, so you'll have to use your own Bible or your own device or your I something or your Android something. Or you can go back into your memory banks and just remember uh, this scripture here if you've already memorized the whole Bible. Amen. This is just going to give, this is going to be a cat. This won't be our, our sermon series scripture, but it is going to be a catalyst scripture for us. And I'm kind of emphasizing it, okay, because I want you to take it to heart. Take this to heart. This is, this is God speaking, okay? Don't just hear my voice. This is the Lord who is saying this, all right, to you. He's saying it specifically to you, okay, and to this church. Ecclesiastes 7, verse number 10. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible, and it says this. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. What is God trying to tell us here? He's saying, don't look back and say, boy, you know, we used to have, uh, you know, a full church or it used to be this or it was this type of music or this type of preaching or that I used to have that job or it used to be this way. He's saying, don't look back at that and say the former days were better than today. Even though in your flesh you might feel some of that. Come on, if we're going to be honest, we feel that sometimes. But the Word of God is telling us, don't turn your head around and say, boy, I remember when this was going on. Because he's saying you're not inquiring wisely when you say things like that. Because God is saying what is before you will absolutely blow your mind. What I have got coming up, If you thought the former days were something, wait until you see what I've got coming up. Now, Jesus told us in the book of John, he said, I'm putting this in my words, I'm not changing his words, but just if you were to say it today, he said, you know, sometimes you need to take a tree and you need to prune some things off. It's a beautiful tree. It looks so beautiful. Don't you agree? All of the color, you know, it looks like it's growing all these type of things. But in order for the growth to not be stunted, I'm going to need to clip off some things. Some things in the back that you don't even see, I'm clipping off. There's some things that you thought, this part right here was the best part, but I need to clip that off, says the Lord. You thought this part was beautiful, but I need to clip that off too. Because what you don't see is the growth of the tree is being stunted. So sometimes in our life, when things don't go the way that we thought they should go, sometimes we may need to realize that God needs to clip some things off, even things that we thought would take us to where we want to go. God needs to clip them off. That's what Jesus was saying. And so he told us, don't look back, look ahead. 
He told us in Matthew, a man with his hand to the plow looking backward is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. The song, Turn Your Eyes Toward Jesus. Why are you looking at your circumstances? Why are you looking at so many other... Why are you focusing on so many other things when I have the answer? I believe in this series we will discover the heart, the very heart of God and how he loves to make all things new. Come on. He loves new things. We will learn that God brings new seasons into our lives, but how we can cultivate and embrace the new season. Because God can bring a new season, but you can be left behind. You can be stuck in an old season. How many know you can be stuck in wintertime and God's bringing spring? <laughs> yeah, I'm like that. I don't want to be stuck in wintertime. I'd rather see the spring that God is bringing. Come on. There are several components we'll learn over the next number of weeks that make up this new season that God has for you. We're going to discover together how to step into this new season, how to live the abundant life that God has already prepared for us. Now, what am I talking about when I'm talking about a new season? Here's my definition for this series. A new season is a time or period created by God. Listen now, characterized by a move of his spirit. In other words, God initiates the new season. We don't. We don't come and say, you know what, I think it's time for a new season. Let's make a new season. Come on, let's do something. Let's pray. Let's make a new season. You can't make a new season. It's initiated by a move of his spirit, having, having recently come into existence, being built on a former time and experience. In other words, he doesn't throw out what the experience you had before, but he builds on it. He just doesn't want you to stay there. Being built on a former time and experience, yet never seen before. And this new season, most importantly, glorifies God. It does not glorify you. Oh, we're going into a new season. It's a new season of blessings. It's a new season of prosperity. It's a new season of overcoming. Yes, absolutely it is. And the purpose of that is so that his kingdom will come and that he will be glorified. That's why you are blessed. And by the same token, know that you are blessed. That's how his new kingdom, that's how his new season and his kingdom is manifest. By you being blessed. A new season. Here's what we're going to talk about over the next number of weeks. One, we're going to start off today talking a little bit about a new perspective. A new perspective. And then we're going to talk about a new anointing. God's bringing a new anointing. And then a new mercy. Listen, we need to leave some things behind. We need to confess some things to the Lord. And we need to leave some things behind. No flesh will see God. And then there's going to be a new vision. He's going to pull back the curtain and give us a glimpse of the future. He's going to give us a vision. And then on top of that, a new revelation. Now, not only will you see it, but you'll begin to comprehend it and understand it. It will be revealed to you. Thank you, Lord. It will be revealed 
Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, that I can see the way that you see. Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19, say this in the English Standard Version. God told his people through Isaiah, he said, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert, in places where you think thing, it's impossible for something to grow. This is an impossible situation. What are we going to do now? It's a desert. God is saying, watch this. Watch this. I'm going to make a way in the wilderness, and I am going to bring rivers, the river of life, in a desert. Listen to the Good News translation. It says, but the Lord says, do not cling to events of the past or dwell on what happened a long time ago. Watch for the new thing I am going to do. It is happening already. And you can see it now. I will make a road through the wilderness and give you streams of water there. One other version of the Living Bible says, he says, I like this one, because he says, but forget all that. You've been talking, you've been reminiscing, you've been going over what happened yesterday, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do for you. For I am going to do a brand new thing. See, I have already begun. Don't you see it? I will make a road through the wilderness of the world for my people to go home and create rivers for them in the desert. We've heard testimony this morning of impossible things. Where would I get $40,000 to pay for school? Guess what? Paid for already. Come on, we've heard, te- we overcome by the word of our testimony. God is not only able to do it, saints, but He is willing. He will forge a way in the desert. Now, going into a new season, the first thing we need to have to be able to step into a new season that God is bringing us is we need a new perspective on things. We need to be able to see things the way that God sees things. You see, the Bible says in Corinthians that Paul told uh, the Jews, you now see through a glass darkly. What you think you see, it's still through a glass dimly. You don't even know what you don't see. You don't even understand what's on the other side because you can't see it. We now see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. And I'm telling you this morning that the time is coming that God is going to pull back the curtain and we will no longer see dimly through a glass, but he is showing us even now the things to come. But it is up to us to line up with the perspective that God has. Do you want to line up with his perspective? This is the question before you this morning. Or do you want to rely on your experience? Do you want to rely on what you've seen in the past? Do you want to rely on how people have offended you in the past? Oh, and the same thing's going to happen again. 
Do you want to rely on your past failures and say, well, I failed before, so what would make it any different this time? Or will you trust God this morning? Will you trust him to see things the way that he sees them? Because you must understand that God exists. He dwells in eternity. Above, far above circumstances. Far above moments in time. Far above disappointments. Far above little offenses that happen along the way. He's way above all of that. And he sees, the, he sees how it fits together like a jigsaw puzzle. And he sees the end. We're walking through, and oftentimes we don't see God's big picture. But he's asking you this morning to open your heart, open your eyes, and begin to see things like I see things. Don't worry about all those other things. Philippians 4, 8 and 9 says this, Finally, Paul said, brethren, the end of his letter to the Philippians, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, True. Now, I'm, well, I'm not talking about facts. I'm not talking about things. I'm talking about Jesus said, I am the truth. Keep that in perspective. He said, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just and pure, whatsoever things are lovely. Come on. Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything that is worthy of praise, meditate on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Stop looking back at failures. I know you failed. I failed. We've all failed. But listen, do you want to concentrate and dwell on your failures? Or do you want to allow God to cause you to overcome? You cannot be an overcomer unless there's an obstacle to overcome. Come on. And so we have to shift our focus, folks. We, we have to shift our perspective on things. Take our eyes off of ourselves. Because it's all about what? Him. Not about us. This is about the success of his kingdom. We play a part in that. Change your perspective. What, are you, what am I talking about when I talk about perspective? Perspective is the angle or direction in which a person looks at an object. How do you look at it? I see it from this angle. Well, I see it from this angle. Why well, I want to see it from God's angle. I want to see it from his viewpoint. The angle or direction which a person looks at an object, the ability to understand, this is important, understand what is important and what isn't. So often, and I'm looking in the mirror myself, so often we focus on the things that are not important, but they're so big to us. Oh, what am I going to do now? It doesn't even matter about that thing. No one even cares. Only you're making it a big deal. I like the way my grandmother used to put it. She said, you're making, Michael, you're making a mountain out of a molehill. You're making it much bigger than it is. And so, we need to focus on what's important. It's a particular attitude 
toward or a way of regarding something, a point of view. How you see it. How do you see it? A man named Abraham Maslow once said, if the only tool you have is a hammer, you tend to see every problem as a nail. If all you got is a hammer, that's what you're looking to use, no matter what the problem is. Come on. Oftentimes that hammer is our, our, is our experience. Oftentimes that hammer are our past disappointments. That's how you attack every problem in the future, every obstacle. You attack it with the hammer of the past. You must understand when, when Goliath came against the Israelites, the soldiers all thought, he is so big, we'll never kill him. David thought, he's so big, I can't miss What's your perspective? What is your perspective? (laughs) I was reading a story about a shoe manufacturer who decided to open the Congo market. True story. And he sent two salesmen over to the Congo and he sent them to actually an undeveloped territory over there. And one of the salesmen came back and said, well, Prospect here is nil. No one wears shoes. So the other salesman came back enthusiastically and said, the market potential is terrific. Everyone is barefoot. We can sell everybody shoes. How do you look at it? How do you look at it? I want you this morning to evaluate your current perspective on things. Evaluate your current perspective. A perspective is not something that you actualize overnight, okay? Your current perspective is constructed of many layers of substructure built on the foundation of values and beliefs that have settled in your part, even at an early point in your life. From an early time in your life, you begin building up to the perspective that you have today, your worldview that you have today, even your perspective on God that you have today. And there are some things that can absolutely negatively impact your current perspective. Our environment can can impact our our current perspective negatively, what's around us. And that just, that doesn't only include the, the physical environment, that includes who are you hanging around? Who are your friends? Who do you listen to? Your environment affects your perspective and it can affect it negatively. Current events Come on, we look in the news. Well, this person's up in the polls. China's losing money. This is happening. There were more killings. There's flooding. No water in Michigan. This, that. All of these things can affect your perspective on life negatively. Dwelling on your past can negatively affect your perspective. Listening to people and time, spending time with negative people, come on, can absolutely affect your perspective. Let me throw a few scriptures at you this morning. Some, I want you to, at least if you can, you take notes, take down the addresses. Take down the addresses, if you don't mind, to these scriptures. Because as we go forward in this series, this is just a catalyst here today, but as we go forward in this, in this series, your perspective is going to be absolutely critical on receiving the word that God has for you. Okay, how you view things is going to be absolutely critical. 
Take down these scriptures. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. It says this. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction. Come on. Which is for but a moment is working for us far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary or temporal, only but for a moment. But the things which are not seen are eternal. They will last. Isaiah 55, 8. You know it, some of you. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. I look at the way you think about some things, but I'm telling you, the Lord is saying, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. You don't know how I do things, but you need to find out. Romans 8, 18 and 19 says this. says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest, now listen to this, the earnest expectation of the whole creation, the expectation of the creation eagerly awaits the revealing of the sons of God. Now let me just tell you what that means. When Paul the Holy Spirit through Paul right here is talking about the sons of God. There's a, a word there that's used. It's, it's called weas. And that word means fully mature, able to carry out the business of the Father, to speak for God as if God is speaking. Fully mature. Not a technon, not a little child who needs to be disciplined. Not a technon. But it's the Greek word weos, fully mature. When Jesus was getting baptized by John the Baptist and he came up out of the water, God, the Father, said, Behold, my son. That word there was weos, my fully mature son. When, they were, when he took uh, a couple of his disciples up on the mountain, and he was, or the Mount of Transfiguration, and he was transfigured, a voice came from heaven, said, Behold, my son, hear ye him. That word is weas, my fully mature son. All of creation awaits the manifestation of you and I. That's what I'm trying to tell you this morning. Creation is waiting for us to develop into mature Christians speaking for the Lord, bringing the kingdom of God to this earth. Creation is waiting for you. Romans 8, drop down to verses 37 to 39. Yet in all of these things, I don't care what comes your way. I don't care who talks bad about you. I don't care how you failed. I don't care who said no. I don't care what your boss has said. I don't care what your sister said about you. Even if your mother and father forsake you. Yet in all of these things, Paul says, we are more than conquerors. We're not conquerors here this morning. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, 
nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor depth, nor height, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. He has set his love upon us. Nothing can separate us from his love, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We took communion this morning and we talked about reflecting on the cross and what Jesus did. He bought you. He bought you with blood, not with dollars, not with dinero, not with yen, not with euro, not with cheap talk. He bought you with his perfect blood. That's how much he loves you. And there is nothing that will separate you from God. That's the perspective you have to have if you want to go into the new season. That's your perspective. And finally, 1 Peter 5.10. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a little while, may he perfect, may he establish, may he strengthen, and may he Settle you. May he settle you. I want to leave you with a short story this morning. This is going to be a long series and we're going to get into it. But Nancy K. Grace, she tells a story of perspective that really kind of hit home with me a little bit. She says, years ago, our family took up attempting to downhill ski. They attempted downhill skiing. From the base of the mountain, she says, I felt invigorated by the mountain air to rise up to the challenge. I wanted to rise up to the challenge of gliding down the slope with thin boards strapped to my feet. Oh, it just sounds exciting. That's how she felt. Going up the mountain on the ski lift, she says, I began to get terrified a little bit as I realized how high I was going over the treetops of the pines. There was no turning back now because I'm on the lift. At the top of the mountain, I gazed down the 10,000 feet And wondered why I thought this was a good idea. (laughs) But she says, my perspective changed from feeling invigorated to tackle the challenge to feeling terrified in just a few moments because of what I saw with my eyes. My perspective changed. Well, she says, I made it down the mountain and I celebrated my achievement. Then... My perspective changed again. I willingly chose to ride the ski lift to the top once more. This time, I knew what to expect and how to do it. As my perspective changed, I grew in confidence. In my mind, I conquered the slope. Jesus wants us to know this morning, and he is saying to you, I am he who has come into the world. I have conquered the world. So though you may go through tribulation, I have already overcome the world. I want you to know that it's already done. 
In a sense, you have already climbed the mountain and conquered it because I did it. Because I did it, you've done it. That's the perspective that you have to have this morning. If we're going to go and embrace a new season that God is bringing, we must have a God perspective. 